All right, let's get the latest uh, on the Middle East situation. Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie offering her condolences today to the family of an Israeli woman with Canadian parents, uh, now confirmed dead, and as she was reportedly, initially the thought was kidnapped by Hamas. Uh, Tiferet Lapido is the sixth Canadian to be confirmed killed since Hamas swept into Israel uh, back on October 7th, Saturday. Uh, Jolie also had a message today for Canadians still in the area, be it Tel Aviv, Israel, the West Bank. If you want to leave, please contact Global Affairs Canada. If you're given a spot, please take it because we don't know how long this operation will be able to continue as the situation is very volatile. If you are in Lebanon, it is now time to leave while commercial flights are available. So there's the latest, trying to get Canadians out. There's also a lot of work being done to try and establish some sort of humanitarian effort, aid, corridors, whatever it might be for the citizens of Gaza, millions of them who have been without food, water, medicine, um, electricity going back over a week now. Uh, This all started, of course, with the attacks October 7th carried out by Hamas. Um, It's been called Israel's 9-11. And like in the aftermath of 9-11, the victims, in this case Israel, have set their sights on revenge. They've been very clear about that right from the beginning. Benjamin Netanyahu has vowed to destroy Hamas. Uh, He likened them to ISIS, um, another notorious terrorist group that became the focus of the United States, if you'll remember after they were focused on Al-Qaeda, if you'll remember. This is not a new situation when it comes to the United States and targeting and trying to eradicate terrorist groups. There are comparisons to be made for sure. Are there lessons to be learned? We're going to speak with Dr. Peter Monsoor, a professor of history and General Raymond E. Mason, Jr. Chair in Military History at Ohio State University. Doctor, thank you for being here. I really appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Clearly some definite parallels here, right? Not exactly the same situation, of course, but you can see the similarities, especially when it comes to the response and what we're hearing from Israel versus what we heard from the United States. Oh, I think it's absolutely almost a direct par- parallel. The United States went into Afghanistan with the idea of taking revenge against al-Qaeda and destroying that group, which is uh, pretty much the same a goal that Israel has in Gaza. Uh, but then once we did that, or at least forced uh, al-Qaeda out of the country, we were stuck there uh, with no plan to govern Afghanistan or to create a government that could stand on its own. And as a result, after 20 years of fumbling, the place fell right back to the same group that right. governed it in the first place. I think that, yeah, you mentioned that in the piece that you wrote, um, and the, the vacuum that is created. I mean, that is ultimately the goal, right, is to remove the leadership. Um, and then what happens after that? Not a lot of thought given in that case. Um, you call it, characterize it as a missed opportunity because there was no plan. And so if you want to stabilize the situation, you need to have one, don't you? Oh, absolutely. You know, George Bush, um, president at the time, looked around his war cabinet before the war even began and said, okay, so who's going to govern Afghanistan once we win? And there were just blank stares back at him. And I'm afraid uh, if the Israelis don't think through this operation, uh, they may be in the same situation. Is there a difference? Because you're talking about countries, like who's going to govern Afghanistan? Uh, Hamas governs Palestinian territories, um, but, I mean, there's a lot of Palestinians who don't want them to be uh, in that position of power. Is there a difference in the fact that there's not really a state that Hamas is governing here? 
Well, this is exactly the point. The Israelis need to think beyond just the Gaza Strip, and they need to think, how do we give the Palestinians a sense of political destiny such that they don't have to lash out at us periodically uh, because they feel they're being uh, held in an open-air prison? So this needs to go beyond just what's uh, what's going to be left behind in, Hama- in Gaza, but they need to reach out to the authorities on the West Bank as well mm-hmm. and have some true peace negotiations and a discussion of a Palestinian state. When we take a look at that in terms of eradicating Hamas, how likely is that, like, if you t- if we take the Taliban, we take Afghanistan for an example, and like you say, it, it was the, the operation was carried out and the Taliban was removed, only to come back later. Can you ever completely, you know, cut this cancer out, if you will? Can it ever be completely removed at all? Um, I think it would be very, very difficult to do that. Now, the Taliban had the um, uh, great fortune to be next to Pakistan, so it had a sanctuary it could retreat into. Uh, the Hamas doesn't have that, but it can blend into the civilian population. And so it's going to be almost impossible to... Uh, defeat and destroy every last Hamas representative on the Gaza Strip. I wonder about um, the view of the world and how important it is. I think the United States following 9-11 had carte blanche uh, and, you know, the Allied forces were all involved and uh, went into Afghanistan and all the rest of those sorts of things, you know, through different conflicts. Israel, with what we're seeing in Palestine right now, or the Palestinian territories, uh, we're already seeing a lot of pushback, and it's only been a week and a half. Um, Is there a risk of losing uh, what I think right now is largely support for, yes, you need to respond and you need to remove Hamas? In carrying out that operation, what's at risk for Israel here? Yes, so if you remember back to 9-11, the United States had the support of almost every country in the world. They they even played the the American National Anthem at Buckingham Palace. Um, But we lost that moral high ground when we invaded Iraq two years later. And this is the danger for Israel. It's got the moral high ground now. It's got world opinion on its side. But if it does not conduct this operation under the laws of armed conflict, it can lose that uh, moral high ground pretty quickly. So do you think they're thinking, I mean, there's a lot of talk about that right now in terms of establishing humanitarian corridors. Have they learned the lesson, do you think, in terms of maintaining the moral high ground and at the same time coming up with an after plan, I guess, if you want to call it that? Well, this is this is the big question. Yeah, uh, hopefully yeah. they're talking about this in, uh, in Jerusalem now, uh, but uh, creating uh, safe zones, humanitarian corridors, and so forth are exactly the sorts of things they should be talking about rather than doing what they're doing now, cutting off uh, electricity, water, and so forth in order to try to force Hamas to give up the hostages, which it's not going to do based on this kind of pressure. Uh, Doctor, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. My pleasure.